Blog Talk Radio. Oh, I'm so excited this morning, our off-the-shelf listeners. Welcome, welcome this morning to Off the Shelf on this beautiful autumn Saturday, August, October the 15th, almost at August, October the 15th of 2011. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here with us. It's an absolute joy to have you here. Many of you have been here with us for seven years. We had it for our eighth year on the air. And for those of you who it's your first time tuning in, I'd like to, as always, introduce myself. I'm your host, Denise Turney. And as I always say, I'm coming to you live from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And again, I thank you for your support. And I encourage you, don't let another day pass before you pick up a copy of Long Walk. Uh, the little girl's story uh, and long walk up will it will just amaze you and it's a story unlike any you may haven't read before you will really appreciate long walk up which you can get today by visiting www.chistlechistell.com that's my official website or you can go to any bookstore amazon.com Barnes and Noble Walmart if you don't see it on the shelf just ask this clerk for it because it's carried by the largest book distributors in the world. And now, let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest. And our special guest today is Cindy Lynn. And Cindy, if you go in and Google her, her first name is spelled S-I-N-D-E-E, last name L-Y-N-N. And then you can go and Google and find all kinds of things about her work and her websites. And she's on Facebook, again, Cindy Lynn, and Cindy is the author of the books Changing the Rules, little the titles of her books, and Unexpected Packages. She would absolutely love for you to visit her online at www.cindylynn.com. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Cindy. Good morning, Denise. Thank you so much for having me. It's just a pleasure. I'm glad. You know what? I had... I always follow up with the guest experiences after seven years of doing this uh, because sometimes people forget, and I don't know if they forget to put it on a calendar or what. So I always follow up my guest. And last, I, if I hadn't checked, I checked my Facebook. I said, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm so glad. that I said, thank you, Lord. That worked out right on time. I wanted to start by asking you, was there an event, and I'm always interested in this with artists, was there an event in your life that made you say, oh, I'm a writer, like that aha moment? And if so, will you please share a little about it with our off-the-shelf listeners? Well, I grew up in a really small town, so I don't know if you call it like an aha moment, but books were like my escape when I was growing up. I had mm-hmm. an aunt that lived in northern Virginia, and being from a small town, northern Virginia, that's like D.C., I was like, woohoo, she's in the big city. So she would bring me bags and bags of Harlequin romance novels. Uh-huh. So, and I would just just absorb them like a sponge. And I was like, okay, well, I enjoy writing. I've always enjoyed writing. Um, mm-hmm. I have a couple of teachers in my family, and they've always encouraged us to explore that creative side. And I've always enjoyed reading because, you know, in a small town, there's not a whole lot else you can do. Mm-hmm. And the two just came together for me. And at 13, I sat down and said, I'm going to write a book. Well, unfortunately, it took quite a few years later, about two decades later, for (laughs) for it to actually come to pass. But I guess at 13, that was my aha moment. I can do this. I love to read. I love to write. I'm going to put the two together. You know, it's amazing. I think back and I started... I knew I was a writer when I was 10, It's it's, and I started writing when I was 12. When we're young, you know, I look back over my life and I think, man, the, when we're young, we tend to have, I think, I don't know if it's more courage or what it is. We get an oh, idea so. and we just run with it. And to, yes. to to continue to do that, how much how much more would we yield in our lives if we continue to do that? Obviously, something happened that caused you to put on the brakes and it take you almost 20 years before you actually did publish your first book. And I've heard many authors say that. We interviewed uh, Bernadette yeah. Stannis, who was an actress on Thelma on Good Times. And mm-hmm. she said she always knew she was a writer. But sometimes we get a little detoured. And, we do. And it's, it's, it's several years before we get back to what we, we really want to do. It's changing the rules. And tell me how you came up with the title. Then I wanted to ask you, is this the first written work? that you've ever created 
or did you start out writing short stories and poetry? Well, um, poetry is more my daughter's thing. But <laughs> so for me, it's always been long, lengthy books because I love to talk. I think mm-hmm. the two kind of kind of correlate with each other. And okay. poetry's just been, you know, it's it's a little too deep. I think I'm a little too. My my kids, my daughter would say I'm flighty. Sometimes, you know, my mind just is constantly moving. I call it the creative side. Mm-hmm. So, but um, changing the rules is actually one of two of the books that I came out for. So I actually came out with two at the same time. Prince's Donor is the other one, and um, it's always it's just these two books. I've tried to get um, Changing the Rules published for years, working on it, rewriting it, but um, it's actually mm-hmm. my first published work. Oh, congratulations! Now, when did it come out? It actually came out last February oh, in 2010, okay. so that was my first, my first publishing, my first, you know, I'm I'm making it, I'm I'm on my way, I'm getting started, going to where I was supposed to have been like 10 years ago, in my <laughs> mind. <laughs> and life starts to happen, I think. Yeah, I think that's yes. what gets to us, you know. You start you start working, and then you're like, you know, when you start telling people you want to be a romance writer. That's like you may as well start telling people that, you know, you want to, I don't know, I want to walk on the moon or I want to walk on water. So I think a lot of times we just let life happen and we let people kind of steal our joy with what we really want to do and what really makes Mm. us happy until we get to the point to where we're like, you know what, I've got to start living for me. I really got to start doing what I want to do that makes me smile and what makes me happy every single day. And writing Mm. was it. You know, I still work a full-time job, but writing is where it is for me. Wow. It makes me happy, makes me smile. Well, now, what's the title of your other book? You said Prince. Yeah, it's Prince's Donor. Prince's Donor? Mm-hmm, like Prince and, you know, and Donor, P-R-I-N-C-E apostrophe S, Donor. Okay, Princess Stoner. All right, because I want to make sure we, 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 we talk about that. Can you tell us a little about Sasha Jordan's Five rules that she keeps in regards <laughs> to men. Can you tell us a little? And this is from, uh, this is changing the rules. Can you tell us a little bit about Miss Jordan's her rules when it comes to men? <laughs> that she's just adamant she's gonna keep these rules. And how, how, um, Cindy? How did Sasha not? If you if you tell our off the shelf listeners about the rules, and then how does she come up with these rules? What happened to her to say, okay, this is rule number one? <laughs> you know, I think <laughs> I think life happened to Sasha. I actually took her for one of my friends. I mean, we've known each other for ages and ages and ages. And she doesn't have, like, rules, but she has, like, things that she likes to follow, almost like guidelines for living okay. her life sometimes. And I think mm. we all have these guidelines. But for Sasha, I wanted to, to take it a little bit over the top. These are her rules, and she got this way because life happened to her. And she's organized, and she has everything in its own spot, and it's in its place. And she figures that if, you know what, if I want to find the right man, then I've got to take everything I've done in my past that's been a mistake, and I've got to, I'm going to make a rule for it, and I'm never going to do that thing again. As that makes sense. Maybe, yeah, as opposed to maybe, you know, learning from the mistakes and incorporating yeah. it into what she's doing. She says, I'm never going to do these things again. And then, you know, she's got that absolute top priority that she's never going to date outside of her race. Number one rule, because dating is tough. I mean, I can yeah. agree to I can agree with her and I can relate with her. Mm-hmm. Dating is hard, regardless of what race it is that you're trying to date. Mm-hmm. But that's how, that's how she got and, and, and they say, at, 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 of all people, African-American women are the least likely to date outside of our race, the least. Mm-hmm. Why we feel so loyal, who knows? Who I, knows? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I am not sure because sometimes our opposite sex is not loyal to us. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> there you go, there you go, there you go. So so, she, so she's not going to date outside of race, and Mm-mm. she's organized, so I guess the guy, he has to be organized. He does. He has to be organized, and she's got – um. These things she doesn't want to date, and nobody on her job. We cannot date anyone that we work for. That was a bad. That's, that was that's, a bad experience. That's, that's smart. That's smart. I'm, 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 I'm kind of agreeing with Miss Sasha on some. Yeah, you know, she has some valid points, but it's when you uh-huh. get to that fanatical part that you start missing out on what might be actually for you. And that's uh, okay. what she's been doing, and that's what she was trying to do 
when Dylan kind of stepped into her life. Now, how old is she when she makes up these 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 Sasha rules? How old is she when oh. she comes? Is she in her twenties or? It starts like in her twenties, and then she carries it over to her thirties. You know, it's kind of like life. Each step of the way, it's not, that bad relationship was the last one because that was where she was right before she actually took this new position. Okay. So right before she met, like a year or so before she met Dylan, that mm-hmm. was where her last one came from. She had a bad experience with um someone on her job that she thought was for her. Turns out he wasn't for her. And it just, it did it did her in for work relationship. And it just happened. Yeah, and you know? and they even say I used to work in human resources, and they say you know that, and don't do it for a fling or, or a crush. You better really be serious mm-hmm. about that person, because mm-hmm. you can have problems. Especially if I work in the same yes. department, when it breaks yes. up, which, yes. which it sounds like Miss Sasha might have went down that road. Yes, do it was. It was. But she was serious, but he was. Oh, she was serious, but he was just playing. Yes, she was serious, and what it was was that she had taken a new position. And he was kind of like her mentor, her leader. You know, he was showing her the ropes, and everything was great until she started making her own way, making her own name. The big project started coming to her on her own merit and her own work credit, as opposed to being assigned to him and him picking his individuals that he wanted to work with. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, men, they get a little jealous. You know, And women. And women. Both. Both. Yeah, they want you. They don't mind. People don't mind helping you as long as you don't start getting up even with them. And dear that's goodness, it. don't don't that's don't let it. them look up and think you're ahead of them. And then that's a problem. <laughs> as long as you stay behind them, oh, everything's all right. But that's what a lot of us, even people who do charity work, as soon as that person starts getting ahead of you, it's like, whoa, slow down. I do do the rules, and some of her rules sound. Like good rules. I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm listening to do with some of the rules that you named. I'm like, well, that doesn't sound like a bad rule. <laughs> do do the do do the rules though, cause see the rules. And you know what, Cindy? Do you think that we all, men and women, create rules? Maybe not as hard as Sasha, maybe as hard, but we're not aware of it, and we we wouldn't know unless it's like. So the same kind of person maybe asks you out, and you just, no, 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 no. And you must have some type of rule that makes you keep saying no. So maybe we all have these, uh, and a good point that you bring out in changing the rules is you just make them transparent. You know, you say, look at her rules, and maybe the reader thinks, well, I don't, I'm not like that, but maybe you do have rules. You're just not as aware of them do. as Sasha is. Yeah. You just I think not we do, and I think that we kind of have to have rules, but they're not as, as strict and we don't stick to them like like Sasha is. She's just determined that she is absolutely not going to go through them. You know, and there are some that are that are really good. You know, she doesn't believe in fairy tales. I mean, nobody should believe in fairy tales, but sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, that man that you meet, you know, y'all make eye contact, chemistry just happens, and it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, And that's how it was with her and Dylan, you know, okay. but she was still fighting it because, you know, she was there at the job for a position. Right. And so she just, she was like, okay, this can't be happening. I don't even know who this man is. And plus, he's white. So that yeah. just automatically takes him out of the room. Oh, he just tearing, he just tearing up her rules. <laughs> he, he, oh, you just don't even know, Denise. <laughs> the, the, he broke all the rules as soon as, as soon as uh, he, he stepped in, well, as soon as she stepped in the elevator. It was, wow. it was it. So now she created the rules for the same reason I imagine we all do for different things mm-hmm. in our life. She yeah. probably created them so she wouldn't get hurt again. Do yeah. that said, Cindy, do the mm-hmm. rules protect Sasha from heartbreak? Not just with Dylan, but maybe after she uh, after she goes through her bad relationship, do they protect her from heartbreak? And if so, how do they protect her? I'm not sure that they really protect her. I think what they do is they might give her a sense of protection. Like okay. they're, they're like a shield, something that she uses to keep others out from seeing maybe who she really is or who she really, yeah, really who she is on the inside. Because she's mm-hmm. not this person that doesn't believe in love, because she does. She's not mm-hmm. this person who, you know, who kind of, you know, is hard and tough. She's not. She's actually very, you know, soft and sensitive. So I think she uses these rules to protect herself. 
And I think that in doing that, she was attempting to, well, she almost let a good thing go, to be honest, because sometimes we are so busy protecting ourselves and hiding ourselves away, it makes it really hard for us to see what is really out there. Maybe we can't see what's in front of our face. And sometimes Mm. the best thing for us is that thing that we're telling us we can't have. Oh, that's no good for us. Why is it no good for you? Because I have this rule that says it's no good for me. Well, why do you have that rule? Right. So I think sometimes we just have to we have to be more open. I know it's it's common nature to protect ourselves after we've been hurt. We right. we all do it, you know. But sometimes you have to work through the hurt, and you've got to move on. Oh yes, absolutely. And 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 you can think you've moved on, and maybe you haven't. And so long comes long comes Mr. Dillon. And I wanted to ask you, why did you decide to have Sasha want Dillon? One of the not not only is he a guy who breaks all her rules, Dylan Matthews for our off the shelf listeners. He's one of the most desired men in the city of Absolutely. Chicago. And Absolutely. most now 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 I don't know how you. We're curious to let our listeners know here at off the shelf how you tackle this. Most desirable men have a whole lot of women, and they they are very good at making each woman think. She's the only one, so you'd be none yes. wiser unless you stay with them for years. And they certainly don't have to be faithful. They, they, they just don't. They could have a different woman every week. And yep. I don't care how good you look, They, they, they there are at least a thousand other women who look as good as you that they yep. can also get. Why did you hook her up with this type of guy? <laughs> <laughs> because I have this thing about making that type of guy because that's just outside appearance you know he's lived that life he's done that that's not really who he is and it's not really what he wants but if you are just looking at him just like you painted a beautiful picture Denise of who Dylan is on the outside that's what people see you know when they look at him but if you go a little deeper he's tired of that life he doesn't want somebody who just wants to be in in the newspaper the next day on the front page of tabloids or, you know, in who's who or the society page. He wants somebody that's real, somebody that's actually going to make him think, and maybe just a little bit of a challenge. I mean, really, who always wants somebody who they can get at a snap of a finger? You don't appreciate people that way. Mm-hmm. So he is then, deeper than this, than what than the picture that we see him as. Now this is very interesting discussion. Uh, again, the, the desirable guy, the desirable woman—that's who everybody wants. That's yes. who everybody wants. I mean, yes. you, you and you, you hear people uh, say, I, "I know a lot of men or a lot of women want you, but I mean, I really love you." They always make themselves their feelings seem so different and unique. And everybody else is doing the same thing you're doing. Everybody else is saying I'm your number one fan. Everybody else is doing that. Now, realistically, it is very hard for humans, and this is just basic psychology, to change habits. It's not something you snap your finger and do. So Dylan's lived this life. He's tired of it, but... It's not easy, and and men and women who've done it would te- would probably say you got to really be sick of it to just give it up and not mm-hmm. go back to it. I mean, you've got to really, really. Most people might do it less, but they still they still going to fool around. How how do you approach in changing the rules? Both Sasha and Dylan's desirability—they're both desired by the opposite sex. Yeah, how do you approach that realistically or romantically throughout the book? They could either one of them have anybody they want. So how do you deal with this realistically in changing the rules? I think I do it more so from a perspective for Dylan, more so that okay, he desires this woman. He's never dated outside his race before, not for lack of their trying, but it's something about Sasha could be the fact that um, she's hands-off. She doesn't want any parts of him to begin with. He sees it in her eyes that she wants him, but she doesn't want any parts of him. And that right there is what sparks the initial interest. For Sasha, okay. it's, a little bit, it's a little bit different. 
because she knows she's attracted to him, but she's fighting it every single step of the way until she gets to the point that she's like, okay, why really am I fighting so hard to say that I can't have him or that I can't do this or I can't let myself experience this? She didn't go into the experience thinking, okay, this is going to be love at first sight. We're going to start a relationship. She goes into it with just sex on the mind. Oh, okay. She thinks it's simple. I'm just going to do this because this is what I want. Why am I telling myself I can't have what I want? But it turns into so much more, and that's what happens, I think, a lot of times in life. We start out seeing somebody as one way, and it can go good or bad. We start out seeing them as one thing or what we think they are, and then they show us a completely different side, whether it's good or bad. We end up seeing the real person behind what everybody else sees. Wow. And that is what she actually starts to realize that she really wants in her life, despite what his outside looks like. This okay, is but he she wants. If she had met him a couple of years earlier, she would have saw a different Dylan though because he was she would have. his behavior his behavior was different. Now, now for our off the shelf listeners, he's the CFO of Presto Financial. Yes. What else is it? Which is a you know that's a, like the next top job down from the CEO, uh, chief financial officer. What else is it about Dylan? Really, what is it about him? And he's a, he's a leader that catches Sasha's attention. Well, other than the fact that he's drop dead gorgeous, he actually <laughs> is kind and caring, and he actually gives her the attention that she needs and that she's looking for. We all want attention. Right. You know, from that, that, that other person in our lives. And he also attempts to build her up as opposed to bringing her down. He lets her be who she is. And he accepts the fact that she's not sure about what it is that they start. Acceptance is a big key in any relationship. You oh, have to yeah. accept that other person for their flaws, for their good things. For the fact that she's scared, he is accepting of that, and he's like, okay, it's all right for you to be scared. And I think that he also lets her see that he doesn't have all the answers either. This is new to him, too. He's used to having women fall all over him and then moving on to the next one. He's been a juggler, and now he won't stop juggling. (laughs) (laughs) You know juggling makes you tie into this. Yeah, yeah. And he's t- he's he's tired of that now, and, and it, wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't it be that the, that when he gets tired of it, he runs into a woman that's gonna fight him at every every stretch at of the every way, every step. Isn't that something? I'm telling. That's what yeah. I thought. Jessica, oh. that's good for him, though. Now tell it's me what tell us what tell us what Sasha does. Now uh, Dylan is the CFO, uh, CFO of Presto Financial. What yeah. does Sasha do at the company? What's her role? She's an analyst um, for oh. investments. And her responsibility is basically to speak with new customers and large bit, you know, large money customers and tell mm-hmm. them how they can invest their money wisely, basically. So he, in turn, up through several levels, is her boss. Oh, okay. Though so he, doesn't, he doesn't directly say, you know, this is what I want you to do, but he is her boss in, in, okay. in all respects because he's actually the one that interviews her for the oh. position. Oh my goodness! Yes, and you know, in oh, lots must of situations, have, that must have been awkward. <laughs> that must have been awkward. <laughs> Let's just oh say goodness. it was an interesting interview. Oh my it goodness! Was, it was interesting at some points. You know, it's interesting always when you're when you're in a position to where you are highly attracted to somebody just for everyday regular interaction. Right. You know, but to be having to sit and to focus, and what helps him out a lot is the fact that he wasn't the person that was originally supposed to interview her. Oh, But that okay. person got called away. So all the notes were there. He just had to, you know, go in and prepare and, you know, but he got the, they both got the shock of their lives when he opened that door. Ooh. He saw her, she saw him because, you know, they had met in the elevator. Yeah, I know you so. said that's what, yes. That's why I said that must have been awkward. All the repercussions. Now, Cindy, I can just see the other workers once if they once Sasha and Dylan start dating, uh, you know people are gonna start talking. Are there are there repercussions? I mean, he's a senior guy and she's pretty senior. Sounds like a FA. Are there repercussions for them dating on the job? There are no repercussions, but unfortunately, there are 
because just like a lot of people never really truly forget where you came from, mm-hmm. there is, without giving too much away, there is there is a part of Dylan's past that won't stop hounding him and that won't let him go. And that's how things actually come to light because they actually do a very good job of keeping their relationship on a low profile. And that's more Sasha than Dylan because he doesn't care, two figs. But that's her. You know, she wants to keep it on. She wants to earn her way. You know, she wants people to see that she is good at what she does. And he's accepting that part. He's like, okay, I know you're good at what you do. You know, and so, okay, she doesn't want to be known that, you know, I'm sleeping with the CFO and this is why I'm getting the big account or this is why I'm handling this, this is why I'm handling that. But there is an an event, an incident that does happen that brings everything to light and everything that she was not wanting to happen with an on-the-job relationship happens to some degree. Yeah, because, I mean, mean, that's just real life. So it is. kudos to you as a, as a, as the author. That's just real life, uh, and everything doesn't always go peachy keen on the way we want it to. That's just it life. Doesn't. I, I just want to ask you a few more questions about changing the rules before we talk about unexpected packages. Sure. Does Dylan call, does Dylan call Sasha to change any of her rules, or maybe even all of her rules? And if all so, of how does he do? <laughs> oh, oh, every last one of them. Every okay. last one of them, because you got to remember, her number one rule is no dating outside her race. Right. So how do you get the man that you actually have started falling in love with if you don't date outside your race and he's just as white as white can be? Wow. <laughs> so he does. I mean, she has to realize, and what it does, she has to actually deal with her past. Mm-hmm. She has to deal with why she actually created these rules and actually let go. Because what happens is when we create rules and things to keep us from doing other things, we let our past have control of what we do in our future. Wow. And that's all it is. So she had to realize with the help of good friends that you were that she was letting her past control what was going on now. We might think that we've gotten over something, but as long as we allow it, like for her it was it was in the visuals, it was a rule. This is the rule and he is the reason why, a past ex or a past boyfriend. He's still controlling your life because you now have that rule that's telling you what to do with your life going forward because of him. Wow. So she had to let go and she had to come face-to-face with the reality of what those rules were doing. They were stopping her from moving forward and being truly happy. Wow. You know, but when you get, like you said earlier, when you get hurt, it does make sense to think, okay, I made a mistake. I'm not Mm going to make that mistake again. You know, it's like somebody if they 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 date somebody who's extremely abusive, they're like I'm, I've got to be on the on the watch out for the signals, and that to me is intelligent to say I'm not I'm not going back into another abusive relationship. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. To me, that is wisdom. That's just me. But some of her rules, I see what you're saying that that the, the, the a person's skin color has nothing to do with the way they're going to treat anybody. Absolutely. Uh, that has absolutely absolutely nothing to do. So that rule that rule I can see. But some some things, like you say, I'm not going back in those signals where I'm gonna get be abused. I'm not, I'm just not gonna do it. Once I see those signals, I am gone. <laughs> that's right. But that's you know that's letting experience guide you. You're not saying, yeah. oh, the next man who looks like this one is gonna oh, be oh, just yeah. like the last one, and that's it. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not going for him because he looks like the last one, and he looked like he might be mean, or he looked right. like he might be abusive. You're taking right. the the actual characteristics of the man yeah. and saying, I don't want those characteristics in my future. And that's right. how you're supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. blocking off a whole a whole group of, you know, a whole group. I'm not going to date a whole race. Yeah, I'm like not I'm not going to date short people. Anybody or, in this or, building that yeah. I work with. <laughs> right. Know? And that makes sense. But, but, but for wisdom... Because I, I would hope our off-the-shelf listeners, you know, experience is a great teacher, and you can say, okay, yes. these are the these are the signals, the red flags for somebody who's going to be adult, or just going to fool around, fool around, fool around, and they just ain't going to stop. It is not mm-hmm. easy to change habits. Any psychologist probably would tell you that it's not so easy. Not. People can say they don't want to cheat, but if they've been doing it for ten years, there's a good likelihood they're going to keep doing it. 
It's just it's just tough to change habits. But you can look at some of those in red flags and say, you know what? Cheated on his last girlfriend. I'm not I'm not going down that road. He he mm-hmm. beat his last girlfriend. I'm no better than she is. I'm not going down that road. Absolutely. So that to me is wisdom. Be wise. Yes. Yes. What what are readers saying about what are you hearing from readers about changing the rules? Came out in February. What are readers telling you about it? Um, a lot of good comments. Um, realism is one of the ones that I enjoy reading the most. Um, and the fact okay. that my readers can relate to it. Because I I base most of my characters off of friends, family, people I observe. I'm a people watcher. You may mm-hmm. as well know it now. I am a people watcher. And I think that all good authors are people watchers. I agree. I I think artists are, yes. Yeah. We we just we do. We sit and we observe. I will go to the Starbucks and I will have a cup of coffee and I will just sit and watch me, the coffee, my notebook, my pen and my eyes. And that's how we that's how we get our characters. So for my readers to say that your characters are realistic, I can relate to your characters. I can, you know, I can see this. I know someone just like that. You know? Mm. <laughs> Yeah, that's I what, that's, think that that is the best thing in the world because I want people to be able to relate to them. You know, mm-hmm. I want them to say, you know, oh, that sounds just like my sister. Yes. Oh, my God, my sister has a rule just like that, you know. <laughs> and so, that is a, 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 a wonderful a, a wonderful compliment. Now, you told us Sasha learns that if she keeps living, ba- ba- basing her life on a past event, she yes. she will never she, – she, she will never live in the present. She will always be living in the past. What Absolutely. about Dylan? What 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 about Dylan Sidney? What does he learn about himself by the end of changing the rules? I think that he learns a lot of humility. To be honest, because for so long he's always been able to get exactly what he wants. He hasn't uh-huh. had to work for any woman, anything. The only thing he's really had to work at is work itself. But everything else has always come just because of who he is. The women mm-hmm. have come. The um, notoriety has come. You know, just from his status, he's gained all these things. But So I think he learns humility. I think he also truly learns a lot about himself and that he is deeper than what he has been in the past. You know, he started that when he meets Sasha because he's already headed toward that path. But like you said, it's so easy to get pulled back in. You know, you have to really want to change. And I think for Sasha, he really wants to be the best he can be. And he really really commits to making that change because he sees what he wants and he sees what's really possible. Yeah, it takes work, again, and that's for anybody. It does. And and like she said, she doesn't believe in fairy tales. Try to change a habit. Yourself, just try to change one of your habits and see I know. if maybe even after four or five years you don't find yourself drifting back. Yes, the same thing it's tough. When, when, when we lose weight and then we gain it back, you find yourself. It could be five years you find yourself drifting back. To Slowly you, but surely, it, don't we? But so it takes it takes a lot of focus, and so when people people tell you, yeah, I used to fool around, I used to do this, or I used to do that, but I, I love you so much, I ain't gonna do it. it, it changing habits. Try to change one of your own and see how easy it is. So you know it it, it takes a lot of commitment. Uh, you also published uh, Unexpected Packages, another wonderful, wonderful title. When did yeah. Unexpected Packages hit the market? And can you give us just a glimpse without giving the whole story away about what Unexpected Packages is about? Sure. Um, unexpected Packages hit the market in April of this year. And oh, you're doing your thing, girl. I'm, I'm trying. Oh, my God. Denise, <laughs> Denise oh, you got to remember how to have this 13. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You I'm running you're behind. You're making up for time. You're making up for that time. <laughs> I am trying. I am I'm really trying because it's what I want to do. I enjoy it so much yeah, that I'm, I'm, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. So, but Changing the Rules is about um, Connie. Um, she's young, you know, young, definitely younger than Sasha, and she is really my youngest character so far, even in, you know, my future books. Um, she's so young. Is she in her late teens or in her early 20s? She's in early 20s. She okay. is 21 right now. Okay. And she's in college. And she unfortunately had, oh, she's, she's plus size. Not unfortunately that she's plus size, but she's plus size. 
Because mm-hmm. I want to, I want to, you know, highlight our plus size women. Okay. So she's plus size, and unfortunately, she hasn't, she hasn't always had the best experience with men. And she's like what we, what you were saying earlier, where we always just want the best guy. Mm-hmm. And that's where her head has been, the pretty boy, the pretty boy, the pretty boy. Okay. That's what she wants. And unfortunately, it has been that pretty boy that has always hurt her. Yes. And mm-hmm. so she, unlike Sasha, I mean, she hasn't created rules, but she's decided to shy away from that particular side that she's deemed no good for her. Okay. I mean, it's common sense. That's what we all do. You know, mm-hmm. something keeps hurting us, a, a habit, like we were saying. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard for us to break, but she's decided that she's going to break that habit. And what that okay. has done for her is she's just basically taking herself out of the out of the, the dating world. You know, she's focusing on school. She's focusing on her job, and, and that's, where, that's where her headspace is. But, you okay. know, there's always a twist to everything. <laughs> and just like with <laughs> and just like with Sasha, you know, mm-hmm. I always have to play devil's advocate because the very thing that you say you cannot have, I want to show you that you can have it, and it can come correct. And here comes Kenneth or Kenny. Uh oh, here he comes. Everything is she he said that she not going. Is he absolutely. a pretty boy? Absolutely. Oh, he is. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Oh my God. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I did it again. Yes, I did. <laughs> now, for him, he wasn't necessarily like Dylan because his headspace wasn't where Dylan's headspace was. Oh. He was still in that. He was still a little bit in that world. But he admits that he's shallow, you know. He admits mm-hmm. that, you know, he knows he looks good. He does. Mm-hmm. But, again, it's always something about that one woman that you really expect to fall all over you that looks at you like you just a pair of dirty socks on the floor. (laughs) And there it is. (laughs) And there it is. It's just, okay, maybe not dirty socks on the floor, but you know, like you're the last thing in the world that I want. So why are you looking at me and I'm not even paying any attention to you? Right. Oh, my Oh my goodness! And so they, but they, is it? Do they experience like Sasha and Dylan? Is it, uh, or maybe I should leave that for the readers to find out for themselves. If it, if there's a spark at once, or if it's something that, um, it happens over time. Sometimes relationships that turn out to be wonderful, they, it's not what people call love at first sight. It t- it could take months before the people realize, you know, they start they're starting to feel something for each other, and they could have forty, fifty years of a wonderful life together. It doesn't always take off with that spark. Some some people, the guy likes the woman, but she could care less about him and really not care less, or vice mm-hmm. versa. And then somehow something happens, and they end, enter a wonderful, wonderful relationship. So I, I know Sasha and Dylan's was more like a, the at first sight. Uh, yeah. Click. Was that what happened with um, uh, Con- Connie and uh, Kenny and Kenneth? I don't think it's so much love at first sight. I think it's interest on her part because he's what she naturally is drawn to. So okay. of course he recognizes the fact that he looks good, but she also recognizes the fact that okay, he's just out of my league. He there's no way. And he is like, okay, what in the world is going on? Why am I even looking twice at this woman who is not what I go for? She's not my type. Why am I looking Mm -hmm. at her? And then it makes him look again to see what it is about her. And he confirms she's not his type. Okay, well, why can't I stop thinking about her now that I've, you know, now that I've left her her sight? What Mm -hmm. is going on? So I think it's not so much love, but definitely an interest on both their parts. For her, mm-hmm. it's one that's going no further than than just the fact that he's good looking and okay, he just came in because she was she was part time at a at a gas station in their neighborhood, and they actually live in the okay. same neighborhood and have for years. So but can you imagine how many times they've actually they may have actually seen each other and not even but known not, it? but not really really saw each other exactly exactly. Think about your own neighborhood. Think about how many people you meet and they tell you, oh, yeah, I live just two blocks over or wherever. And you're like, why yes. have I never seen you at the mall? Why haven't I never seen you at the post office, at a restaurant, yes. at the movie theater? And y'all, and then one day 
y'all just run into yep. each other. Who knows? Maybe things are meant to happen when they yes. happen. Uh, exactly. Who are some of the other characters? Tell us about maybe two or three other characters that are off-the-shelf listeners will just want to meet in Unexpected Packages. Um, definitely Connie and Kenny are the main ones, and I do try to focus most of my writing on my main characters. Okay. But, you know, every good heroine, every good woman has some friends. Mm. <laughs> so she's got three roommates that she actually lives with in a house. They share this okay. house. So she's got three friends that are there, and she's got this sister. Mm. Uh-oh. <laughs> she's got this sister, and... um. Uh, Wow. <laughs> I'm not even sure what to say about a sister. Sister's just hateful. You know, oh. I, got asked, I just got I got asked one time about is there any character that you just didn't like? Uh-huh. And I don't like Connie's sister, but I felt oh, like okay. she was necessary for people to see how Connie really got to where she is. Oh, because okay. she's that, that negative energy. You know? Mm. That one that the beautiful one. The thin to Connie's plus size, the the seemingly perfect on the outside to Connie's flaws. So, yeah. and yeah. I think that it's good to see, you know, how she got to be, you know, how her self esteem maybe got to be not so much higher, you know, not high as everybody else's. How her confidence level maybe isn't as high as everybody else's because she's had mm-hmm. a sister like this like all her life. Yeah, not 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 that not that being slim makes you mean because it's some beautiful. No, it beautiful doesn't. Women. I'm sorry. I don't want anybody out there to say I am not like Monique. I don't think that all skinny people are evil. I don't. <laughs> she her sister just had her sister has her sister's obviously dealing with some things herself. She is. She is. And, and so, maybe in a later life, once I decide to to like her a little bit better, I might give her somebody to love. But <laughs> and so that's why she she is maybe tough on. Exactly. Connie, because she's got she's that, and we all are that way. When people are yes. mean, is they they they're dealing with something themselves that they might not even they be are. fully aware of, and that's the only reason that they're being. It's not mm-hmm. generally the way people treat us has very little to do with us. It is a, mostly to do with things they're dealing with themselves, and they're just projecting what they're feeling. And we it just is. happen to be walking by. We just happen to be walking by. <laughs> They'd be throwing darts if you didn't walk by. You just happened to walk by. She got hit exactly, by and she does. And you see a little glimpse of it. Like every now and then, she'll say something mean. And when Connie finally decides to fight back, you'll see like a glimpse of hurt. You know, yeah. at something that Connie may have said, just a glimpse, not a full look, to let you know that this person really does have feelings and maybe start to think, okay, there's something else going on. But <laughs> for the most what, what, part, what? she's just mean. What are what are what are readers telling you about unexpected packages? Now it just came out in April. Uh, it did. Uh, what what do you hear from readers about unexpected packages? Um, one of the reviews that um that I got from someone who actually did a re- an actual review on it was way to go for the plus size girls. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> because I love writing plus size because I can definitely relate. To plus size dating and plus size romance, and we need love too. We we want to find yeah. that hot guy too. You yeah, know that one just stops and turns. The author I've had on who who focused on a plus size character is Sasha plus size. No, she's not. Is she? Sasha's not plus size. She's okay. not. She's based on one of my little tiny friends. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. But um, in Princess Donor, my heroine and my heroine in that book, Jenna, is plus size. Okay. So, yeah, it's it's what I primarily write. It's it's what I prefer. But every now and then, I'll throw you know someone smaller in there. Oh, well, so you're the second author I've heard of who's done that. So, so kudos to you. And I wanted to ask you, was the process of creating unexpected packages, which you brought out in April, changing the rules, which you said you had been working on for years, and came out in yes. February, was it easier to write unexpected? At- packages than it was changing the rules and if so why do you think it was you know i don't think it was necessarily easier i think that and i have talked to um i talked to my publishing company about this as well and also when i did um an earlier interview was that after your first book comes out people expect that everything after that is going to be easy but the first book came out and it came out with really good reviews 
really okay. good reader response. I think mm-hmm. that there is pressure <laughs> on you to make that second book as good or better than the first book. Yeah. So I think that what I did personally is I think I second-guessed a lot of my writing, and I think that that made the writing process for me a little bit longer than it may, than it may have needed to be. When you say second guess, what do you mean? You mm-hmm. said you're writing and you're like, oh, I did good. exactly. I did a lot of rewrites, and what happened was that oh, I keep okay. all of my all of my rewrites numbered. So I'll be like, okay, I don't know what this. What am I doing? What am I doing? You know, I will have mm-hmm. deleted like some large section, and then I'll be like, okay, let me go back to an earlier section, and I'll be like, okay, wait a minute, that really works. Why did I change that? Right. So I think that there's just pressure on us. To, to continue to do the best that we can, or we want to continue to make it better. Mm-hmm. So as authors, I think we have to really just trust ourselves and trust that voice inside that's like, oh, yeah, this is good. Don't change anything. And when that voice says it's good, because we're critical on ourselves anyway. Yeah. We need to listen to that voice, and we need to stop. <laughs> you know, and I say, you know what, when I, in my early years of writing, I used to, I had started getting into a habit of editing while I wrote. And I read where another writer, and I appreciate when other writers leave advice, just like I appreciate when I get advice from other people about life experiences that can save you a lot of learning time. But mm-hmm. they said, put write write the story. Forget the editing. Just forget all that. you got plenty yeah. of time to do that. Just get the story down, then go back and edit. And I find that to be extremely helpful. It is so difficult. To write and edit at the same time. Oh my God! You never get done writing, 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 do you? It takes you never get done. It's awful. Well, you can write the whole chapter. Yes. So, so you know, and and so that was one of the things. But I, even as I was uh, researching for your interview, for some reason I thought the second you would say, "Oh yeah, it was a lot easier." So it was interesting your 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 comments. Um, What did you, Cindy? Now, we've talked about what Sasha learned in Changing the Rules and Dylan learned in Changing the Rules. What did you learn about yourself as you created unexpected packages in Changing the Rules? Um, I think the first thing I learned is that I'm I'm a better writer than I think I am. Oh, good for you. Good <laughs> for you. Good for you. I did. I learned that part. But I also learned a lot about about listening to the voices. A lot of writers talk about, or I've read a lot of writer interviews where they talk about the voices of the characters. Mm -hmm. And I think that until you sit down and write a book, you don't really know what they're talking about. Because Mm -hmm. you might start out a book as, this is how my character is going to be, this is what they're going to say, this is how they're going to act, this is what they're going to do, you know, and this is is what's going to happen. And it's going to happen this Mm -hmm. way because I am the author. Well, unfortunately your characters start to take on a life, and they do start to talk to you. You know they start to talk to you, and they start to tell you, this is not what I'm going to do. No, I'm not going to be like this because I'm not like that. (laughs) And I think that (laughs) you laugh because you know. (laughs) Yeah, and to somebody else, they think you was a nut. Yes. What do you mean your characters are talking to you? You're the writer. They would think you were a nut. I know. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, and that's how I was yes. when I would read these interviews. I'd be like, "Hey, me, the characters are talking. Somebody crazy." Yes. But mm-hmm. I learned how to really listen to the characters, and I learned how to to let them speak to me. And I think that that makes me a better listener overall, because ah. I pay closer attention now to the subtle things that people say, because okay. not always when people are telling you things. Are their words saying exactly what they mean? Mm. You have to read people in their entirety. What they don't say, what they do say, their body language. Well, is this one not like, is that word not like the last word? There's something going on. And I'm famous for doing it with my daughter and my godkids. Famous for it. Because it teaches you how to pick up on those little subtleties. And that's Mm -hmm. how we make our characters realistic. Right. We pick up on the little things, and we incorporate it in the writing. So I think I learned to be a better listener. I learned to be a better observer. I learned that I need to trust myself a whole lot more, hmm. and I learned that I need to put more time into my writing. Ah. 
Because he is the future for me. Yes. Wow. It's good to hear you say that. And also uh, that you did, and I I think every author, because I like to ask the authors that that everybody said they've learned something about themselves while Mm -hmm. they were creating their work. Are you working on any new material? Now, you just came out with two new books this year, but are you working on anything new now? And if so, can you give us a glimpse into what you're working on? I am. I'm working on... um a book now, another plus-size woman coming your way soon. Hopefully, <laughs> I am in. Okay. Um, I'm in my edits now. I got the book written because I too wow. heard that same wonderful advice. It was the best advice I had ever heard too. To stop editing as we write. <laughs> yeah. Something yeah. so simple, but we had to have right. somebody else tell us that. Right. To make it a to to make it make sense. Right. But um, I am. I'm working on another book now. I'm hoping, hoping that I will be done by the end of this year so that I can get it to my publishing company so that we can get the okay. Um, and um, You are on the I'm, move, lady. Oh, my I'm, goodness. I'm trying, Denise. I'm trying. I, I am trying. You're not trying. You are. You, you're not <laughs> trying. You're doing it. <laughs> you, you're succeeding at your trying. Oh, my goodness. Says it February, uh, changing the rules. April, unexpected packages. And do you have a title for our off-the-shelf listeners can look out for for the book you hope to have out next year? I do. It's Loving a Detaglio Man. Loving a? Detaglio Man. Detaglio Man. Okay. Yes. I know. Yes, yes. Loving a Detaglio Man. They, they, yeah. It sounds like a, a family that might be rather interesting. Very interesting. The Detaglios. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, okay, so we'll look out for Loving of the Taglio Man early next year from Cindy Lynn. Who are some yes. of your favorite writers? And as we come down to the last few minutes of the day show, who are some of your favorite writers, Cindy, and what is it about their work that you appreciate? Um, I grew up on Lori Foster and Diane Palmer, Nora Roberts. Um, in the last several years, I have developed a love for paranormal writers because I also write oh. paranormal. Um, okay. Lindsay Sands, and my absolute favorite, favorite paranormal author is Sherilyn Kenyon. And what I love about what they do is that they actually can create a world. And when you sit down and you start reading that book, they take you into wherever they're writing about. And that is what I want to do. When uh, That's what I want to happen when readers pick up my books. I want them to be transported to wherever my reader is. If it's Timbuktu, Iowa, I want you to go to Iowa where my characters are, and I want you to stay in Iowa until you're done reading my book. Oh, I want you wow. to be drawn in to whatever uh-huh. world I'm creating. And I think that those ladies do it excellently. It's just Nora, excellent. I was just thinking about Nora Roberts. She is, isn't she the number one selling romance writer? She I believe is, she, she is doing it. <laughs> she has that market in a, in a chokehold. Just yes. like Stephen King's got the horror, horror market in a chokehold. Yes. Some writers, readers will stick with they quit their books for a while because they like their work. Some writers yes. get uh, an entire genre, and they just get it in a chokehold. And I don't care what they put out in that genre; people are going to run. People are going to get it. Yeah, get it. it. They, they are. I don't care what's going on in the in the economy. Soon as soon as they come out with it, it people are going to go and get it. And it's just mm-hmm. wonderful to get to that level. And you're right. I know Nora Roberts has that romance market. She has mm-hmm. it locked down. Yes, uh, she does. Where, where would you like your writing and your creative career to be three to five years from now? I know you say you keep saying you're trying, but you're actually doing it. Where would you like to see yourself three to five years from now as a writer? Three to five years from now, I'd like to be writing full-time. I want it okay. to actually be able to sustain me on a day-to-day basis. I don't want to be writing till 3 o'clock in the morning and then getting up at 7, going to work on an eight-hour day. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, you're committed. You are committed. Oh, my God. Oh, ooh. I, I, I don't want to stay up early in the morning, too, though, but oh, my gosh. Yes, that's where oh I want to be in three to five years. And um, I know you say that I'm, I'm working it, but I think that I still have some ways to go, some ways to go. Always have to see the, 
the future and the path and that goal for what you want. I want to be on somebody's bestseller list in three to five I years. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, Sydney. I mean, no, I, when I said you're doing it, you are yeah. writing and publishing your work. You're not just talking about it. You're actually getting it done. So yeah. uh, then as you continue to market and spread the word about your works and up and encourage other people, you know, if you enjoy my book, would you tell three other people about it? Then the word starts to really get out there, or if even five or ten other people, the word yeah. really starts to get out there, and then your readership starts to grow. Where can, which leads us into the next question as we come down to the last four minutes, where can off-the-shelf listeners get copies of your books? Uh, now, Prince's Donor, mm-hmm. uh, ch- uh, Changing the Rules, about yes. Sasha's Rules, yeah. and Dylan Matthews, <laughs> and Unexpected Packages, Connie and Kenneth. Where can people get copies of your books, Cindy? Um, they can get copies at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or they can visit my publishing company's website at www.PassionateWriterPublishing.com. Okay. Can you just give us that one more time? I want to make sure yes. you get I'm sorry. It's www.PassionateWriterPublishing.com. Passionate Writer Publishing. Yes. Okay. And they're also available in Nook and Kindle for our ebook people, so we don't want you to feel like you're tied down to a paper copy. And they're available on ebook format as well from my publishing company's website. Okay. So the website I gave at the start of the show was Sydney Lynn. Could they also go there? They can go to cindylynn.com, but it'll take you right to my publishing company's website. Uh, okay, well, that's good. Either way, so they can go yeah, either to the either passionate or Sydney Lynn, S I N D E L S I N D E E L Y N N, and then you'll go straight to the publishing company website where you get copies, or Amazon.com, Barnes and Noble, anywhere. If you don't see it on the shelves, ask the clerk for it. If that's somebody right. wanted you to, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I was going to say, feel free to Google me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Find them that way. Huh. Cindy Lynn, S-I-N-D-E-E, if somebody wanted you to speak at an organization, how would they contact you? They can go to my website, and there's a link to contact me, or they can just shoot me an email. It's cindylynn.com. I'm sorry. It's cindylynn at yahoo.com. Cindylynn at yahoo.com. And I know you're on Facebook. What are some of the other social networks, off-the-shelf listeners, where they can find you? Really, Facebook is the only one that that I'm on on a regular basis, unfortunately. So Facebook, if you do me in the search, you'll find me um, and my website. Okay, okay. Before we go, uh, I want to ask you two two to three other questions. What advice do you have for our off-the-shelf listeners who might be new authors themselves who are trying trying to finish that first novel or publish their first book? What advice would you give them? Don't give up. And find at least one person that will kick you in the butt when they see you giving up. Mm. Because sometimes family and friends, a whole bunch of them, might not be the best support system. But there is always one good friend that will always be on you. Have you written today? Did you write today? Did you send anything off today? Have you finished that chapter yet? And if you don't have that person, email me. And I will be that person for you. Wow. Because I had that one person that (laughs) was, she was on me. Because I got to my current publishing company because she Mm -hmm. would not let me give up. Wow. Yes. Thank God for friends, huh? So, yes, I'm just saying, if you need that inspiration, email me. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And that's that's wonderful that you would do that for another one of our authors, they're trying to write to finish their first book or get published here on Off the Shelf. We have come to the end of the day's show, and as always, it has gone quickly as the shows always go so quickly. We have been interviewing Cindy Lynn, and again, it's S-I-N-D-E-L-Y-N-N. If you want to Google her, she's online at CindyLynn.com. She's also online at PassionateWriterPublishing.com. Spelled the way it sounds. She's the author of the books Changing the Rules, Unexpected Packages, Princess Donor, and she has another book she's working on in the editing stage that she hopes to have out uh, next year. So you can look for that next year. And you can keep up with her again at CindyLynn.com. She's on Facebook, and you can all keep up with her at uh, Passionate 
writerpublishing.com. And uh, we want to thank you so much, Cindy, for being here with us today and thank all of our listeners. I want to thank the folks that, that, that visited the chat room and people who tune in through the mobile devices. We want to thank all of you for tuning in here today to Off the Shelf. And please come back next Saturday. We will have another wonderful guest. We will continue to bring you authors, uh, a new new authors, seasoned, established, best-selling authors, publishers, publicists, uh, uh, book club presidents, people who mag- own their own magazines, anybody in the literary industry uh, that we want to bring to you so you can learn how to get your own c- career going or you can just enjoy listening to your favorite authors as they talk to you about the writing process and their their novels. So, again, I encourage you to visit Cindy Lynn and support her at cindylynn.com and pick up a copy of her books, Changing the Rules, Unexpected Packages, Princess Donor. Thank you so much for being here with us today on Off the Shelf. As I always tell you, remember you are so incredible. You're amazing. You're truly, you're truly blessed, and we just—it's just a blessing having you here with us. Go out and create a marvelous, marvelous day for yourself. See you back here next Saturday, eleven o'clock. And Cindy, I'll shoot you an email. Bye for now. Okay. Thank you, Denise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.